I can hardly believe that we've arrived at another Ascension Day today. Last year, we read from Luke and Acts the events of that day. We saw it as Jesus's coronation day and then asked, what has Jesus been doing since his coronation day? We saw that he has been and is very busy. He is busy running the universe. He is busy running the church. He is busy pouring out the Holy Spirit. He is busy preparing a place for us. He is busy praying for us. He is busy waiting for the right moment to return. Jesus in glory is a busy man. But has anyone seen Jesus since his ascension? We know that Paul was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things he was not permitted to tell. But John saw Jesus in the book of Revelation, particularly in chapters four and five. Now, usually I read the scriptures and then try to explain what we have read. This time, I want to present the scriptures in the form of a story and then read the passage. As we shall see, this written story involves a throne, a scroll and a lamb and a lot of symbolism. The throne. Let me take you back to around the year 90, which was about 60 years after the first Easter. John is in exile on an island in the Aegean Sea. The seven churches that he has just written letters to from Jesus are small and struggling. Mighty Rome seems to be invincible. Its emperor, Domitian, is demanding to be recognised by the whole empire as Lord and God on pain of death. The future is dark, the future bleak. Is Emperor Domitian really as powerful as he thinks he is? I remember when Alton Towers first opened as a theme park. There was a house of horrors, it may still be there. As you went around, there were doors and windows saying, no entry, keep shut. Human nature, being what it is, you wanted to shove them open and something terrifying would emerge. John, having penned these seven letters, sees a door standing open. It is a door into heaven. The voice of Jesus himself tells John to come up and take a peep through this door. John is about to look behind the scenes. Full of the Holy Spirit, he looks and sees a throne, an occupied throne. John remembers Psalm 47, God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. There are 16 mentions of thrones in these two chapters alone. He tries to describe the sight, but all he could see was wonderful colours, the colours of jewels, jaspers, carnelians, emeralds, reddish brown, ruby and green, colours of immense beauty. He sees a rainbow that reminds him of God's covenant with Noah, never to destroy the earth with water. But it isn't a Richard of York gave battle in vain kind of rainbow of seven colours. It is green, like an emerald. This unusual rainbow bow goes all around the throne. Because God is invisible, as the Gospel of John says, no one has seen God. All John can do is to describe the colours that he has seen. Then around the throne, he sees 24 more thrones. John thinks, this is God's privy council. These also are occupied. 
but this time he sees who is on them. 24 leaders, possibly angels, 12 reminding John of the 12 tribes and the other 12 of the 12 apostles, the leaders of the old covenant and the leaders of the new covenant. These leaders are wearing white robes and golden crowns and are sitting, but not for long. It's a beautiful sight, but then it becomes a noisy one. Then the scene becomes dramatic with flashes of lightning and rumbles of thunder. John remembers the storm on Mount Sinai that preceded the giving of the Ten Commandments. This mix of visual beauty and audible majesty was astonishing to John. Then he spots seven blazing lamps which symbolise the Holy Spirit. Then his eye is drawn to a sea of crystal glass like a moat going around the throne. This sea has been described as the floor of the heaven and the ceiling of the earth. You can see through this glass floor in one direction only, from heaven to earth. But there's more. There are four living animals around the throne of God, covered with eyes. They know everything that is going on in heaven and on earth. The 24 leaders represent God's saved people from the Old Testament and the New Testament, Israel and the church. These animals represent the living creation of God. They're like a lion, an ox, a human and an eagle. The noblest, the strongest, the most intelligent and the swiftest of God's creative powers. Lion, king of the wild beasts. Ox, the mightiest of the tamed beasts. Humans, whom God had given authority to to manage the animal creation. The eagle, the king of flying beasts. All of them can fly, and all of them can see everything that is going on. All worship God. John remembers these animals being around God's throne in the first chapter of Ezekiel. Each of these living animals has six wings and are chatterboxes. They never stop talking. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. These creatures are like the seraphim, which John cannot help remembering from Isaiah's vision in chapter 6 of his book. There and here in this chapter are the only two occasions in the Bible that these words are used of God. And whenever the animals worship with these words, the 24 leaders fall down and worship and lay their crowns in front of the throne. Revelation is a symbolic book, and this is an example of how impossible it is to understand it literally. Are the leaders sitting on the thrones wearing crowns, or are they fallen on their faces worshipping God, their crowns discarded? Both. They are in a positions of authority in heaven, yet they are continuously worshipping him who lives forever and ever. And lying flat on their faces with crowns at God's feet, they are saying how worthy God is to receive glory, honour and power for his creation and for sustaining the universe. Let's listen to Revelation chapter 4 being read to us. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. 
Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the centre round the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all round, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives for ever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives for ever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So John has seen a throne in heaven. Now he sees in his vision the right hand of God holding a scroll, a scroll which is rolled up and has been sealed seven times. A scroll, like an architect with building plans or a general with plans for a campaign. John is surprised. He has never seen a scroll before with writing on both sides because the inner side was always smooth, whereas the outer side was rugged and hard to write upon. He thinks, this scroll has as much writing squeezed onto it as is possible. It is a complete work with nothing to add. How unusual that it has been sealed with wax seven times. Obviously, no one is meant to open it or read it. It's a locked book. What good is that? Then John sees a strong messenger shouting, Who is good enough to break those seals and look inside? But no one steps forward, not one of the leaders, nor one of the animals, not Joseph or Mary, not Peter nor Paul, not even Abraham, Moses or David, not Isaiah or Ezekiel. No one was good enough. And John cries and cries. He's broken hearted. He's in floods of tears. Then one of the leaders says, stop crying, you silly man. There is someone who is good enough to break each of the seals open the book and then read it. There is someone, but he's like a lion and he's like a root. John thinks to himself, what does my Bible, the Old Testament, tell me about someone like a lion and a root? Oh yes, back in Genesis chapter 49, the old patriarch Jacob was blessing his sons on his deathbed. Joseph had always been his favorite son which had nearly led to Joseph's murder by his brothers. So I expected Jacob to save his best blessing for Joseph, but he didn't. 
he saved it for Judah, his fourth son, whose mother was Leah. Jacob had said, Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. So John thinks the king, the Messiah we've all been waiting for, the ruler who all nations will obey, is going to come from the tribe of Judah and will be like a lion. The lion is the king of the jungle, the only animal that has no predators other than humans. Strong, powerful, destructive, fearsome. I'm feeling rather scared. Then he thought, why is this person also called a root? Of course, Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. I see what it means. When the Babylonians destroyed Judah and removed its kings, from the ruins that were left, a new root would grow from the old stump of the ruined kingdom. That's why Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome in chapter 15, that the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles would hope in him. The root is a second way of saying that the Messiah will be from Judah's tribe, the tribe of kings. This lion has been in battle and has triumphed. I'm going to see a lion which has descended from King David. A lion? I'm feeling rather scared. Revelation chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Having seen the throne and the scroll, John now sees a lamb. His heart is in his mouth as he cautiously opens his eyes to see if he dares take a glimpse at this lion. He does dare. To his amazement, he sees a lamb, a dead one, but now alive again. What John has heard was about a lion. What John sees is a lamb. This lamb is standing in the centre of the throne. Yes, the centre of God's throne. That is God's place. And yet the throne is still encircled by the 24 leaders and the four animals. The animals remind John of all God's living creatures, which have been worshipping God in chapter 4, and the leaders of God's saved community under both covenants. John's own eyes begin to roll when he sees that this lamb has seven eyes, which remind him of the Holy Spirit, who is in all the earth 
seeing what is going on in the world, and seven horns. Who has ever heard of a lamb with seven horns, he wonders. Horns, thinks John. Ah, yes, the Old Testament symbol of strength and power. Now, we in our time might think of a Spanish bullfight. The horns are the strongest and the most lethal organ of the bull. This lamb is powerful with seven horns and seven eyes. This lamb sees everything everywhere and has the strength to do anything anywhere. In the centre of God's throne, symbolic of God's authority, glory and power, stands a once dead lamb, usually a symbol of meekness and weakness, a lamb with infinite power and infinite knowledge. John can't help thinking of Isaiah chapter 53, Messiah was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Of John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God, and of Peter, you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Then John sees the lamb take the scroll from the right hand of God. How did he do that? With a foot? With his mouth? We don't know. As with so much in Revelation, this is symbolic. It means that Jesus has complete knowledge of everything that is in the scroll. The account of what is about to happen to the seven churches and to the universal church from that point on in AD 90 until Christ's return. Then to John's further amazement, he witnesses the leaders and the animals falling down in worship of this lamb. In chapter four, they had fallen in worship to God. Now in chapter five, they fall in worship to the lamb and they bring to him flat, shallow cups with smoking incense in them, which symbolizes the prayers of the churches, incense being a normal feature of the rituals of worship in the now defunct temple as was. Accompanied by the music of 28 stringed instruments, they worship the lamb with new words because he is the only one worthy of handling the scroll, undoing the seals and reading the content. His blood has brought people for God from every tribal group, every linguistic group, every ethnic group and every national group. And each convert from each group is a king priest who will reign on earth both now and in the future, in the kingdom which has come and in the kingdom which is still to come possibly the millennium, or maybe in the new heaven and earth, which God is going to establish. King priests, priestly royals, were forbidden in the Old Testament. There was a separation of powers between politics and religion. King Saul lost his throne, and King Uzziah lost his health to leprosy because they overreached themselves by behaving like priests. Yet every Christian believer from whatever tribe, language, people or nation is elevated to the status of kingly priesthood by the Lamb. From rubbish to royalty, from penury to priesthood. In the worship song of chapter 4 verse 11, they had worshipped God for his high status and creative power. Now in chapter 5 verse 9 to 10, they worship the Lamb for his redemptive power for what he has achieved by dying.
John had been trembling lest he see a terrifying lion. But now he is agog at the paradox that Jesus as a lamb has triumphed by redeeming people from every multicultural background and ordaining them as king priests, just as he is a king priest. John remembers the letter of Peter, chapter 2. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Thus far, John has seen 24 leaders, four animals, one lamb and one divine hand. He blinks his eyes, looks again and sees millions of angels in a circle around the throne singing loudly. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. John notices that in chapter 4 verse 11, God was praised for three attributes, his glory and honour and power. Now these millions of angelic beings praise the Lamb, our Lord Jesus Christ, for seven attributes, his power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honour, glory and praise. Then, as if millions of angels aren't enough, every living creature in the sky, on the earth and under the earth, in caves or seas, praise God and the Lamb and go on doing so and the four animals and the 24 leaders fall down and worship. The lamb shares equally in the worship, which is due to God alone. Let's hear that section from chapter five, verse six to 14. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be praise and honour and glory and power, for ever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Ascension Day. The ascended Jesus is a man. He is the God-man, the God-man who is in the centre of God's throne. He is ensuring that everything written in the scroll 
is coming to pass. On the throne, Christ has the characteristics of a lion, majestic, powerful, authoritative, fearsome, even destructive in judgment. But Jesus is being worshipped as the lamb who by dying took our sins away and is creating a church of king priests from every category of human being who will one day reign on the earth. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power this Ascension Day and forever and ever. Amen.